Welcome to a new episode of Like Hearted. My name is Anna. And my name is Bracey, and we're two average gals chatting about what it means to grow. How are you growing this week? Okay, I actually have two growth updates, and I'm pretty excited and proud of myself for both of them. So the first one is that I sat down with Taylor and went through the budget that he had made so sweetly for us. And we kind of like talked through each area to see like, you know, if I was like, Oh no, we definitely spend more than that. Or we spend less than that each month on this or whatever. And he had been trying to get me to sit down and look at this budget he created for like <laughs> several weeks. Oh boy. And I was like, it just is stressing me out. And he was like, I know, but I think you'll feel less it's better stressed if you to look, look at, at the budget. <laughs> I, know. I know. I just was not ready. Um, and so a couple of weeks ago he was like, so would you be open to, I don't know, like sitting down and looking at the butt. He was like asking it like very <laughs> timidly. And I was like, okay, give me like 15 minutes to like wrap my head around it. And then yes, we can do it. And he was like, oh my gosh, we can. <laughs> He's like so excited. <laughs> so he, you know, put it up on our TV and we were going through it and it helped so much. I mean, it's still, you know, I have money anxiety right now, hopefully not forever. Um, but it definitely was helpful to see, you know, like what we can afford and how much we're, we can put away in savings every month. And thankfully, and it's like more than what the like percentage recommendation is. And so that made me super excited. Mm -hmm. Um, and just talking about like, you know, what our salaries go towards and how we should split things and all that stuff. So it ended up being super helpful. And we're, you know, going to sit down like once a week and look at like what, it, what our spending is versus like what we've budgeted for and kind of, you know, make adjustments. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. I feel like people who are anxious about money, it's like better if they keep looking at it actually than like mm -hmm. avoid it. And then it becomes this like <laughs> thing that is scary and I don't ever want to see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then the other way is that I started work back I don't know how this summer ended, but <laughs> somehow we are towards the end of August. Um, but because my stress and anxiety like manifests itself so physically in my body, I decided that this year I'm going to really do a good job of like taking care of my physical body. And so like after my first week of work, I went and got a facial wow. and it was lovely and I haven't actually made the appointment yet. I've just like reached out to this place, but I am going to start doing acupuncture again and I'm going to start getting like massages more frequently, like at least every other month, if not more often than that. And just like really take care of myself. Cause on my first day of work, I woke up with a migraine. Oh no. And I was like, Oh, I know. Like I didn't eat anything or drink anything last night that would like make me have a migraine. Like I know it's just my body is stressed about starting work again and this is how it manifests. And I know that. And so I want to actually do things for myself to like prevent my body kind of breaking down over the school year as that's, it's, as it's want to do. That's a great goal though. Yeah. I'm excited. And I know that like, I love all of that stuff. Like when I go get a massage, I'm like, Oh, why don't I do this more often? It's the best. And then, you know, I wait like nine more months when my body <laughs> is like <laughs> feeling terrible. I'm like, I should go do this. But yeah, I'm excited to 
practice some like more serious self-care that I will likely like have a big impact on how I'm feeling. So that's great. Yeah, I'm excited. What about you? How are you growing? Well, I'm physically growing and finally caved and bought some maternity pants because of my pants fit. Yeah, I don't really like any of them, to be totally honest. Maternity (laughs) stuff is like kind of hard. I don't know. But I have pants that fit, so. So, yeah, so that's a win. Where did you shop for your pants? I got some stuff at Old Navy, which I got a pair of athletic shorts that are great. And then I got a pair of bike shorts that are like pretty meh. Um, the sizing okay. is kind of weird cause you got to guess like, do I take my pre-pregnancy size and hope for the best? Do I size up? You know, plus that's a really good point. That does sound like it would be really tricky to know like what you are, especially yeah. when your body is changing, like literally like every day, basically. Yeah. Right. For sure. And for me, it was extra hard. And I actually think this is where I like kind of overcorrected because, because I lost so much weight in my first trimester. Mm. I think I was going off of like my pre-pregnancy size, but I really should have been basing it off of like one size down because I lost enough weight that that was the case. But then I was like, well, I want them to be comfy, so I'll size up. So it was just like, the the biker shorts are too loose, but it was also one of those situations where I was like, I don't want to wait and buy another set because I'm literally doing like, I don't know, two months. And And maybe you'll grow into them between now and then. Maybe, yeah, maybe. We'll hope for the best. Yeah. And the other thing is, I don't know if this is growth, but this is maybe like somewhere I have room for growth. I feel like I'm getting a lot of good progress made on like my list, my pre-baby list, Mm -hmm. but I'm also feeling very restless about things getting done. And I don't have the physical capacity to do as much as I used to, which is very frustrating for me. Yeah. I could just get, I, I run out of juice by 5 p.m. It's like really annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, and typically with Seb's list, I am like pretty hands off because I know he'll get it done, but I feel restless and like want him to do it now, which is like not usually a problem yeah. that I have. And I also don't want to nag him. So I just am left feeling like I, I want to be able to do more and I wish that he were able to do more and like there's mm-hmm. nothing I can really do about it. So <laughs> yeah, and there's not like an actual solution. Yeah. So by 7 p.m. I'm just sitting down thinking like, I wish I could get up and like, you know, do two more things on my list, but <laughs> yeah. I can't. So yeah, your body is like, mm, we're going to stay right here because yeah. you've been doing stuff all day long. Right. But speaking of taking care of your physical body, I feel like I've done a much better job maintaining my pelvic health because I've had some pelvis pain and it's mostly because my muscles are so tight. So I'm doing a better Mm -hmm. job like stretching throughout the day, which does make a big difference. So even if my, you know, energy levels are there, I can actually move around, which for a little while is like kind of suspect. So yeah. Well, that's good. I feel like I see so much stuff about like, your pelvic floor. Um, so it seems like it's good to take care of it. <laughs> it. Yeah, it's a whole thing. It's the whole thing I had to learn about in pregnancy, which maybe we'll talk about that when we do our little pregnancy update episode. But it's crazy. I can't wait. Well, this was also a pre-recorded episode. And I wanted to mention that in this episode, we talk about systems like 
household systems and also my excessive list making. And as we have learned in the last few weeks, I actually found a better system for that, which is the Notion app that I've been using for our family management. So Seb and I are all buttoned up and on the same page in Notion. And that's a really cool system that we've been able to implement that has helped with our fair play and mental load. And don't forget to send us an email about how you manage mental load. Cause this is like a really interesting topic that I feel like affects absolutely everyone. So yeah. we really would love to hear from you. All right, let's do it. All right. Well, today's episode is going to be an interesting one. I think, I think it's kind of like a follow-up from our mental load episode from however long ago. Yeah, for sure. This is a continuation of that conversation, but also I feel like a little more nuanced and I'm looking at this conversation a little differently given that I now have to like factor children into these things. Yes, I know. I, okay. So the way that this episode kind of came about is that there is a book that we talked about, I'm pretty sure in the mental load episode called fair play and Reese Witherspoon's production company turned it into a documentary. You can watch it on Amazon prime or on Apple TV. You do have to pay for it. Um, but it was like, it was $5 to rent it. I felt like that was well worth it. Yeah. Uh, what did you I think? would definitely recommend it, especially if you're in a new couple or if you're in a couple that is struggling with like division of labor or mental mm-hmm. load, I think it really, it does a good job highlighting how it plays out in couples. Yeah, I agree. And it, it talks about like different types of couples. Like it's not just, I mean, it is heavily focused on like heterosexual couples, but they also talk to couples that are in homosexual relationships as well. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I, I appreciate the way she did her research too. It seemed like she talked about the spreadsheet that she compiled at the beginning of this. And she basically like outsourced to a bunch of people she knew. And she was like, send me anything that you do that takes more than two minutes. Mm-hmm. And she compiled a huge spreadsheet of like all of those things. And she sent it to her husband with no context and was like, can't wait to discuss. And it (laughs) crashed his computer. It was so big. (laughs) Yeah, that I love that part. I was like, Oh my gosh, like, I should sit down and make a list of all the things. I I don't even know if I could think of them because some of the ones that were coming up that you could see like on in the documentary, I was like, Oh, yeah, I, I forgot about that. I wouldn't even I don't know that I would remember to even write that down. Yeah. Well, there's also a card deck, which I think is a probably a really great exercise for couples who have never had these types of conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can see the cards, or at least maybe not all the cards, but a lot of the cards on the Fair Play website. And there's definitely stuff on there that I had never thought about. And, and Seb and I do discuss mental load like pretty regularly. Yeah. One thing I will say is that we discuss mental load, and I think we talked a lot about the planning part of what it takes to run a household. Mm -hmm. I feel like the fair play concept kind of incorporates more of like the execution and action part too, which I feel like the mental load is the part that you don't necessarily think about. Fair play kind of includes all of it. Yeah, I agree. And whenever you, if you decide that you want to look this up, it's fairplaylife.com slash the cards. And it covers the CPE checklist, which stands for conception, planning, and execution. So it's 
it's encompassing like all the things that go into accomplishing some task or taking ownership of a space in your life. I will say too, as a disclaimer for this whole thing, the documentary was really good at talking about how this plays out and like showing examples. But I will say I was slightly disappointed that they didn't really talk through like what to do about things. It was like not mm-hmm. a, here's a problem, here's a solution. It was mostly just talking about, about the problem. So I think if you're wanting to be more solution oriented, go for the book. Yeah, that's a really good point. It definitely was more highlighting like, here's why this is an issue. Here's how this is an issue. And here's how it's impacting relationships right? versus like, yeah, what are you going to do about it now? Yep. Okay. Well, what was division of labor like for you growing up? Well, I definitely think that my mom did the line share, which, you know, after watching the documentary, it's like not that surprising. Yeah. Um, my dad was always, I think, and I think this is pretty standard again. I, my dad was always willing to help, but he had to be asked. Most of the time, mm-hmm. except for I think, you know, there were certain um, tasks like yard work that he knew he was responsible for. But in the documentary, they talk a lot about how the knowing that things need to be done and like thinking about things that need to be done is oftentimes done in a heterosexual relationship by the woman. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I had a pretty standard situation growing up. and. The other thing that I realized when we were kind of planning this episode out is that I feel like my brother and I weren't necessarily responsible for anything specific in the household, which I think is something that, I mean, bless my parents for not giving us chores, like specific chores, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's I think that's something that I would like to change with our kids. Cause it wasn't like we didn't do anything. We had lists of things that needed to get done. We were responsible for helping clean up after dinner and things like that. But it wasn't like, Oh, Patrick mows a lawn or like, Oh, Bracey does the laundry. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. 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 You didn't have like complete and total ownership over anything. Right. So it was like, I would sometimes come home after school and like, there would be a list of things that needed to be done, which was a good system, I think. But Mm -hmm. there was nothing that I was, like, always responsible for. Yeah. Well, and in the documentary, Eve, who is the author, her son, her oldest son, he – I can't remember now what it was. He has – but he talks about having ownership over something. Was it dishes or laundry? I can't remember. It was something like, you know, not a huge task, but Mm – Yeah. I can't remember. (laughs) I can't remember. I just literally just watched it like less than 24 hours ago. But anyway, but he talks about how it gave him a lot of like, not purpose. I don't think that's what he says, but that he really enjoyed like having something that he was responsible for. It made him feel like good about himself. Um, And he liked doing something that was helpful and beneficial for the whole family. Yeah, I think that it makes sense in my brain that a kid, especially starting, you know, at older ages, Mm -hmm. would contribute to a household. Like, you're a part of this family, and Mm -hmm. in this family, we contribute to helping each other, you know, through all of these ways that our household needs to be managed. Right. And I think not doing that almost sets kids up to when they 
go out on their own, like, it's a little bit of a, oh, shoot, like, there's a lot of things that go into managing a household that I might not have realized. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think doing that, especially if you have boys. Yes. And yes, because they did talk a little bit about how girls are, I think it's very subconscious on everybody's part. Like girls tend to contribute more to household chores than, than boy children. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just getting guys, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I feel like men sometimes naturally are less inclined to do that thinking part, mm-hmm. uh, the mental load part, but like getting them setting the habits up for them to think about all of the things that maybe their mom does for them is probably right. really helpful. Yeah, totally. I would say my upbringing very similar to yours. Like I can just throw a big ditto on everything that you said. Like my mom did pretty much all of the household management things except maybe like yard work. I feel like my dad did more of that. My mom definitely still did some stuff, but he, you know, pretty consistently like mowed the lawn and that type of stuff. And then same for us with like chores. Like I, I learned how to do my own laundry when I was like eight because I wanted to learn. Wow. I know I was like really into the laundry. I don't know why. It's kind of amazing. Um, but even, even though I knew like I wasn't responsible for doing my laundry all the time, like it wasn't like, oh, if you want clean clothes, then you need to do it. And yeah, I feel like we had every once in a while we would like have go through a phase where it was like, okay, like you're going to have this chore and you're going to do this and whatever. And then it would kind of, you know, slowly like fall by the wayside. But yeah, nothing that I had full ownership over for sure. Okay. Well, I know that one of the interesting things they talked about, and I think you have some specific feelings on this is like, sometimes it takes longer to teach a child or a partner Mm -hmm. how to do something that you know how to do and want it done a specific way or I don't know. I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is. But do you feel like there are certain tasks that are easier for you to execute yourself? That's a really good question. Um, I'm sure that there are. Let me think for a second. (laughs) I don't know if there's one specific task necessarily, but I just think all the time about the things that have to get done. And so I think sometimes it feels easier or like all the time, I guess it feels easier for me to just be like, yeah, I'm going to do all this stuff versus being like, Hey Taylor, here's this thing that needs to get done. I'm going to give it to you in a place where then I will stop thinking about it. Like I would say like day to day household tasks, like dishes or doing the laundry or whatever, that type of stuff is fine. But like, Oh how like, oh, the car needs to be registered. Oh, we're having an issue with the insurance that needs to be handled. Mm -hmm. Like those types of things feel like more work to hand over than for me to just do it. Okay. And that's because you will think about it no matter whether he does it or not. Or is it just because you're not sure that it will get done the way you want it done? I think probably the former, like if I'm still going to think about it until I know it's like completely finished. So you're having a hard time delegating the mental load part, not not the action, not the execution, but the mental load part. Yes. Fascinating. What about you? How do you feel like you kind of fall into those categories? Uh, I don't think that that is really that much of an issue for me, but one one little task that I, I don't delegate as often, I guess. 
mm-hmm. is cleaning bathrooms because when I say to him, hey, can you clean the bathroom? For him, that's like the toilet. And to me, that's mm-hmm. the floors, the vanity, the mirror, the shower, like all of yeah. them. And he just doesn't think that way. So now I know that if I'm going to delegate it to him, I need to be like, I need you to clean the mirror, the vanity, the floors, the yeah. shower, the toilet. You have to be specific. Um, and so most of the time, unless I'm like really running out of time to do it, which in this scenario, I'm thinking about like when we have people come stay at our house and him like mm-hmm. helping me clean the guest bathroom. Unless I'm running out of time, I just tend to do that one myself because it's easier for me to just do it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Well, on the topic of outsourcing, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what is one task that you feel like could be taken over by your partner or outsourced to ease your mental load? I think probably meals. Okay. And when Taylor and I – okay, so when we did the mental load episode Mm – Taylor and I went through and like made a spreadsheet and divided up tasks. And for a few months, it was working super well. And then I think it just kind of started to like blend a little bit or it would be like, oh, okay, I guess actually it's easier if I just go do this because I'm already out. Mm -hmm. And then that just kind of became a habit of like, oh, okay, well, actually I'll just do it. Right. It's really easy to like slide back into that. Um the more the norms that we have been conditioned to believe in they're the the construct of all of this stuff. Yeah. Um and so I think with, you know, what are we gonna eat during the week? It's not only there's so much that goes into it, right? And like we we talked about this a couple of weeks ago about, you know, how you send said meals and there are recipes that you're interested in, but then he kind of takes it from there. Mm-hmm. Um And I feel like Taylor and my, the way that we figure out what we're going to eat is like to a mesh. Like nobody is really responsible for certain parts. It's like, oh, we talk about meals together. Like I might pick recipes, but then he kind of does some of the grocery shopping, but then I do some as well. And then I usually go pick it up. And then I usually do most of the cooking. And there, it just, there isn't really like a division. Like it's, it's so not mesh. a system. That's okay. So system. here's the thing that I don't think that they really highlighted enough in the documentary. Mm-hmm. I feel like home systems are so helpful mm-hmm. and like the cooking thing with Seb and I, it's honestly kind of weird because I think fair play in the book, don't quote me on this because I obviously haven't read it, but it seems like they're advocating for one person to own one task or one card in the deck. Mm-hmm. But for us, for that task, it's actually better for us that we have a system where we both contribute. So I pick recipes most of the time. He has actually a like directory of recipes that we've tried. So if I can't think of anything, we have like a backlog. Oh, that's smart. He typically does the grocery ordering. I most of the time do the pickup, which he puts the slot on the calendar so I know when to do that. Mm-hmm. And then he does the execution and I do the cleaning. So, like, that system probably for other people is, like, why would you split it up that way? It seems like it's more work. But, like, it just works for us because he's right. not the person that's going to pick the recipes. And I have a lot of opinions about what we eat. So, yeah, yeah, I think home systems are, like, the best thing ever. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like, that's it. Cause I don't mind that we are both involved in like 
what we're going to eat. Because that is a big part of our lives, you know, like, what are we going to have? But it's not, yeah, there's not a system in place. It's just kind of like a free for all and therefore causes me to like, oh, it's, it's heavy on my mental load for sure. Um, okay. Well, I have a suggestion for a system you could try. Let me hear it. I'm happy to try it. If you guys are both like looking at recipes and thinking like, oh, this is something that I would like to try, just start a Google sheet where you like drop the link in. You don't Mm -hmm. even have to talk about it. But then when you're ready to go plan meals for the week, you can both sit down and be like, okay, let's try these three this week. Right. And then delegate one person to do the ordering and picking up from there. Like it could change by week. I love that. Okay. We're going to try it next week because we're going to be ordering groceries again. Okay, great. You can let us know how it goes. I will. Uh, what about you? Is there a task that you feel like you could offload or outsource in some way that would be helpful to you? Well, I feel like we definitely talked about this on the mental load episode, but Seb does a lot around our house. Like he just has a lot of physical energy that especially like last year when I was recovering from cortisol issues, I just did not mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Right now, especially, you know, where I currently am, my energy levels are good. So I feel like our division of labor is like pretty much suiting us at at this point in time. But one thing that I know that I will want to offload probably as soon as we, as soon as the baby gets here is some of the cleaning because that is Mm -hmm. the part that I don't super enjoy it. Like it doesn't bother me necessarily, but I feel like our house is big enough that I'm never like fully caught up. And it's an easy one for me to like not care about delegating. Like it's not something that's important enough to me to keep as a task. And Mm -hmm. so I do see that as some something that we will like actually outsource. Like not Seb won't take it over. Like we'll hire somebody eventually to do that. Yeah. And cleaning is something that even if you did really, really enjoy it, It takes a significant amount of time. Yeah, I think too, it's like one of those things, especially the kitchen. It's like, I I feel like I just cleaned this and it's already dirty again, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So like, to me, that's mentally exhausting. Like, oh my God, I just did this and it's already dirty again. Yeah. hundred percent. Less satisfaction there, I I guess. Yeah. Do you think you would ever hire a nanny? Yeah. Um, I think that if there were a situation where I was working full time, I would absolutely hire a nanny. I was raised by a nanny and I loved it. So no qualms about that. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, or even, I don't know, like when I, um, worked for, I nannied for this family for a long time and I've talked about them on here before, but I feel like the biggest thing was like, I was only there for like three hours, like in the afternoon, like it was like school age time, but it would Mm -hmm. be like, and sometimes their parents were home. Yeah. And it would, but it would be like, oh, I'm going to run there, take them like to their practices and whatever. And I'm going to make dinner and I'm going to clean the kitchen. Yeah. And those were like three like huge things. And I, I remember talking to them about how it was like, oh, it's so freeing that like now everybody's fed. The house looks great. And now we can just like spend time together or do what we want to do and not be like, oh, we need to spend an hour and a half like figuring out how to like get this house in order uh, 100% and I love that system like the the babysitter nanny person is responsible for like these three things Mm -hmm. while they're there and the kids you know know to go to them instead of to their parents even Mm -hmm. if the parents are in the house it's a great system I love it yeah 
Yeah. So I don't think, I think too, because I was raised by nanny, I, and I babysat like for many years. So I have been on the other side of it too, but I value the relationships that exist outside of the family. Like, I think mm-hmm. that it's important for kids to, to make those types of connections as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And it just, I don't know, it helps, it helps them learn how to communicate with other adults. It, it helps them learn to ask for like what they need from people that are not their parents. Like it just, right. It, there's so many benefits to having other people like in your community. For sure. For sure. Okay. Well, have you ever had a breakdown moment where one chore just pushed you right over the edge? Um, yes, I absolutely have. I feel like I'll never forget this because I was so mad. Like, oh. I, I don't remember. There's like a few times in my life, I think, where I felt like this level of anger. Yeah. And I talked about it in therapy and like, I'll probably get mad again, like just thinking about it. And I, Talked to Taylor last night about this. And I was like, I'm going to talk about about this story. (laughs) Um, And he's like, that's fine. This was in part one of our relationship. It was also towards the end of our relationship, like not that long before we broke up. So things like weren't great in general. It was a last straw, you know? It was a last straw, yeah. Um, And I also, so I was in my last semester of grad school. I was interning. I was going to class. I was working um, for that family that I just mentioned. So I was really busy. had a lot on my plate. So there was this night that I was going to make dinner. And at, when I, as I was making dinner, which like I absolutely like planned what the meal was, went grocery shopping for it. And like I 100% had already done all that stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Taylor came home and he, I remember, I think he like walked into the kitchen for a minute and he was like, Hey, I just, I need a few minutes to like decompress or whatever. And I'm like, okay. And so he goes and he sits on the couch and he's like on his phone and I can see him like from the kitchen, which means he can also see me if he were to look up. Mm -hmm. And so I'm making, I think I was making like a curry, but I also needed to listen to some videos or something for class the next day to like be prepared. Mm-hmm. So I had my computer open. And so I'm listening to the videos while also looking at this recipe and I'm making it. And then Millie starts to like be kind of freaking out because she can hear these noises from my computer, but doesn't know where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. So she's like pacing around. She's like getting kind of panicky. So I'm like, okay, she, this, this, so this isn't working. So I, put my headphones in, which at that time I didn't have, uh, wireless headphones, wireless headphones. Yes. So I plug my headphones into my computer. I'm carrying my computer around the kitchen with one hand, trying to listen to this while also trying to make dinner. And Taylor is sitting there on the couch, not looking up from his phone. And I'm like running around the kitchen, like a crazy person, like trying to get this dinner made while also trying to do my work. And I, the longer that this went on where it was like, oh, I'm, if you would look up for one second, you would see very clearly that I am struggling. Mm-hmm. And, and again, we're also in a place where our relationship isn't great. And so there's also like all this other pent up like stuff that I'm upset about. And I'm sitting there and I am just getting 
kind of furious, honestly. Yeah. You're just and, doing. And the curry's I'm, doing, Anna's doing. A hundred percent. And at that point, I'm like, I, I turn it into, okay, you know what? Let's I see how long. Do all of it. I'm going to do it all. I don't need you. I don't need your help. I'm going to do all of this. I'm going to, I'm going to get this dinner going. I'm going to put it in a plate for you. And then I'm going to start on the dishes. Like I'm not even hungry anymore. Like I'm just, <laughs> I am so, I'm boiling and you know, then just went to bed and whatever. I go to therapy that week and I'm telling my therapist Claire this story. And she's like, well, so you did do it all. That's what you're saying. You did accomplish it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I did, but I was so mad and it was a, that I feel like a he he should have known that I needed help, even though. But I was also at a place in my life where I was like, I don't know how to ask for help. Yeah, I I, communicating my needs feels impossible. I'd rather just do it than communicate that I need help. Because at no point in this did I say, "Hey Taylor, I need some help." Yeah, like, I never said that. I just was like. That was why what I was he, thinking. I was like, why didn't you just ask him to handle Millie? No. That did not cross my <laughs> mind. I just was like, I'm so angry that he isn't tending to my needs right now. But yeah, so it was a big growth moment for me in that I was like, oh, I have to communicate what I need. Like, I have to. It's not his job to read my mind. And it like, was a very obvious was a, situation. There was he, a very, yeah. Yeah. There was a disconnect between us for sure. hundred percent. Um, but I think this is so funny because it speaks to your personality that while it was a breakdown moment for you, you did mm-hmm. not snap and scream at him, which is what I was expecting. Oh, I was no. expecting I you to be inside. like, are you freaking kidding me? You're sitting there and I'm drowning. <laughs> um, no, absolutely not. I kept it all inside and then just exploded in therapy. On a lighter one, this isn't something that causes me to have a breakdown. And I think... You know, we've talked a lot about mental load since you and I like started talking about it. And then, and Taylor is really good about doing a lot of tasks and also being like, oh, like, what can I help you with? But like is mentioned in the documentary, sometimes the asking of like, what do you need help with when it's stuff that is routine or stuff or obvious? Yeah. That you could just look around or check the list or whatever. Sometimes that feels really frustrating to be asked like, oh, how can I help you? And it's like, no, because now I'm required to think about like, okay, yeah, like what do we need to be done? Let me delegate. Like sometimes the delegation is also exhausting. Right. It's it's great that he's willing to help, but it's still putting pressure on you to do the mental lifting of like, well, what is it mm-hmm. that I can delegate to him? Rather than him just being like, I can see that Anna is busy doing things. I would like to contribute here. What are ways that I can do that without adding to her list? <laughs> totally. Yeah. So definitely still an area for growth for us, but we've come a long way since the curry situation. <laughs> curry gate. Curry gate. Um, okay. What about you? Have you ever had a breakdown moment um, or anything that sent you over the edge? I'm sure that I have. I don't think there was one that was like maybe that level. Um, mm-hmm. but I feel like Seb gets there way more often than I do. Mm. And I actually think now that I'm thinking about it, I've, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this, that his like the kitchen being dirty is like really weighs on his mind. 
And mm-hmm. so that's something that I'm cognizant of and like try to anticipate and like not let it get too bad, especially in times when he's stressed. Cause like if he's more stressed at work, like that bothers him way, way more than if he's not. Um, okay. But one thing that I'm just realizing is that it might be similar to the situation with you in that, like, he has a hard time asking for what he needs. And so mm-hmm. instead of, like, being like, hey, can you clean the kitchen? Oftentimes he, like, builds up steam and then ends up snapping at me about it. Mm-hmm. And so that's it's something that we are both aware of. I do try to, like, if he's in a time of stress, like be more mindful of like whether the kitchen's clean and he's also working on like not snapping at me and asking for what he needs. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it cleanliness like true blue cleanliness or is it like if it's cluttered? It's mostly clutter. Like we are both really bad about not putting our dishes in the dishwasher. We just like put them next to the sink. Mm -hmm. And I think just seeing them next to the sink, like really drives him bonkers. Yeah. Um, But it is funny too. Cause like, you know, when you, you're in, you know, times of maybe where your relationship is not as good or when mm-hmm. you're stressed at work. It's just those little things matter so much more. And mm-hmm. to the other person, it's probably like, okay, well, if the this same thing had happened two weeks ago, it like wouldn't have been a big deal. Right. But, you know, I, I do think you have to almost like that's to me, that's the place where I want to anticipate for him. It's not that like I want to anticipate that he's going through a stressful period and like I would like to help him. Totally. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, that is making me think about how sometimes there are little things that bother me that depending on like what else is going on in in my life and in my mood or whatever, like sometimes it might bother me a lot. Yeah. And then sometimes it's like barely a blip. Yeah. And I think that's totally normal and like not really a response that is honestly even worth trying to fix. Yeah, But what I do think is really helpful in that scenario is identifying that you're getting frustrated or irritated mm-hmm. with something and being like, hey, I'm really overwhelmed or stressed or insert whatever emotion. Can you, again, ask for what you need. Can you do yeah. X, Y, and Z? Like, so it's, right. so it's not bothering me anymore. Right, right, right. But easier said than done. I know. Sometimes <laughs> it's funny because Seb really truly has a hard time asking for what he needs. Not even just like, it's like the physical question part. Like he can say the other night he said something to me like, I guess I need X, Y, and Z. And it was something mm-hmm. that I needed to send to him. And I said, can you frame it as a question, please? And he has a hard time even doing that. But yeah. like, I'm I'm honestly in situations, I, they talk about, um, I can't remember the exact phrasing they use in the documentary, but it's like, you don't want to communicate these things when you're in a high emotional state, because mm-hmm. that's not like conducive to resolving a conflict totally so i try to do this like question reframing thing with him when it's not a tense situation it was like he was literally just wanting me to send him a link or something and i was like can you phrase it as question because i'm hoping that eventually he'll (laughs) like feel comfortable asking for what he needs and framing things as questions with me because it's not like i'm not going to tell him no right yeah him practicing while he's regulated is right yeah great thing to do yeah Yeah. And I think the asking, yeah, when things are not tense, when you're not in an emotional space, like that is such a key part to it because I know sometimes if Taylor asks me to do something or to like clean something up or whatever, if he's feeling frustrated, 
like I already am probably going to take it personally because I'm so highly sensitive to mm-hmm. any version of like criticism, even if it's not really criticism that I just will feel it like 10 times more. And then I'll immediately get defensive and be like, well, I, I do clean that up or like, I like, oh, cause I didn't do it this one time. Now I'm getting called out on it or what? Like I, I yeah. start to feel like very defensive at first. And then I'm like, you know, and then I feel bad about myself or whatever. And that's like such a me thing, but it's very important to communicate these things when everybody's calm. Yeah. Do you, when you ask for what you need, do you feel like you're burdening the other person? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. That's a tough one too. I feel like in my mind, again, easier said than done, but in my mind, it's like, okay, well, if you ask me for what you need and I can't or don't want to do it in the moment. For me, most of the time I'll be like, yes, I'm happy to help you with that, but I'm going to wait 20 minutes or like, mm-hmm. but I need to do this other thing first. Like I'm going to give you a a yes and, you know? Right, right, right. But I also think that it's like the other person's responsibility to communicate that. Like if there is a, mm-hmm. a reason they can't comply with your request, then they're responsible for communicating that. Right. In a nice, calm way that doesn't make you feel like a burden. Right. I think too, I I definitely identified with the blonde headed lady. I wish I could remember her name because her husband was Neil, even though the spelling of it looked like Niall from One Direction. And <laughs> Bracey and I both really found him annoying. <laughs> Yeah, they're um, um, they were the couple that I feel like had like the biggest struggles in this area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she at one point towards like the beginning of the documentary, she's like, "I don't want to ask for help. I don't want to need your help." And I think that's like I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, like that's totally it. Like I want to be able to do all the things perfectly without struggle." And that's what I want. Maybe we should have a follow-up episode with you and Seb on here to talk about how your perfectionist tendencies make you struggle to ask for help. Because I can't resonate with that. I don't get it. Seb. (laughs) But that, I mean, Seb, we see each other. and But I wonder, too, like, we're both, well, he's a one, right? Mm -hmm. And that's my wing. And you're a one wing. Yeah. I think there's definitely a correlation there. Yeah, I think so too. But I'm like, okay, well, that's like a huge barrier to entry for this whole conversation. Like y'all need to be able to feel comfortable to ask for what you need because that's Mm -hmm. what, you know, in a relationship, people help each other. People do that. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it works. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we'll get him on here and him and I, maybe when uh, you're, while you're breastfeeding or something, him and I will jump on. and Okay. I'll just comment in the background (laughs) Uh, while you're breastfeeding in a dark stairwell. Yeah. Like Eve. Oh my gosh. That was so, yeah, that was sad. Anyways. Anyway. Anywho. Okay. Well, it sounds like Seb and I have similar, (laughs) very similar struggles. So yeah, can't wait to talk to him. But I also want to know how often and like, what's your process, I guess, for checking in about household management and having these conversations around mental load. Okay. Well, unsurprisingly, we're not like consistent people at doing it. <laughs> sure. sure. Okay. Um, but I do think that we're in the habit of like, we've just integrated those types of conversations into the way we communicate, which I think is mm-hmm. very valuable. 
Um, not, we we didn't do that intentionally. I think it's just a way that it happened. So whenever we have a one-off situation, like, like, oh, we have a specific project problem obstacle that needs to be overcome. Or Mm -hmm. if there's like a specific, like my car is having like a specific issue. So to me, that's like a dual ownership a little bit thing because typically he handles car stuff, but it's my car, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like we kind of talk about what the problem is in the moment and then formulate a plan. And so from there, it's like whoever's owning that is responsible. Um, So I don't know. It's not like an exact system. I feel like we've just worked it into our communication, you know? Yeah. What about y'all? I feel like we're kind of similar to that in that, yeah, it's definitely not like a consistent thing, but it is something we talk about. I would say more recently, I would say in the last few months, like several times when we will be on like a walk or something and we'll be talking about like different tasks and whatnot that need to happen. We'll be like, okay, yeah, we really need to sit down and like go through our, like our mental load list that we created a long time ago and like see if we want to like shift ownership or just kind of talk about it again and see if there are new things that are need to be added to the list or anything that we could take off or whatever but we haven't actually done it. Like we just keep talking about how we need to sit down and do it. Okay. Well, here's another place where a system might help you. If you, one of the things that we do is we have like a family Google doc. So like mm-hmm. when I was mentioning our recipes, like they're in there, our budgets in there, um, our wine list of wines we like and don't like is in there. Uh, you could put your, <laughs> all the important stuff. Yeah. You could make a Google doc, that is, or like whatever, you know, online system you want to use and make sure that that app is on your phone so that when you're having those conversations on your walk, you can just pull it up and do it. Yeah. That's a really, yeah. I think we do too much of like, we need to do this, but then we don't make a plan for like when we're going to do it or we aren't just doing it in the moment when we could. Or maybe schedule it in if that works better for you. Yeah. Like put it in the calendar or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're big calendar people too. Mm Mm-hmm. I've had to grow to be a calendar person. I had to, too. I, it was not something that I that came naturally to me, but it is a yeah. system that works very well for us. So, yeah. Um, Seb still gets on me sometimes about forgetting to put things in the calendar. But in general, I've gotten a lot better about it. Yeah, I agree. Same for me. I am somebody who really likes a written planner. Same. And actually, yeah. I will say that one of the other things that I've been doing recently that has helped our like quote unquote mental load stuff Mm -hmm. is I have a bunch of just like different lists in my journal of like things that I need to have to reference later, especially related to like nursery planning, things we want to get done before the baby's born, um, things that I have on my list for Seb that are like precursors to something I need to do. So I just have like a bunch of lists and whenever we have a conversation or whenever he's like what's on your list that i need to do like i have somewhere to to look back and refer to um yeah, which, yeah, yeah. you know you pregnancy pull it out and you're like, like i need you <laughs> i need you to scrape the ceilings yes what she did so i can paint yeah check check appreciate that yeah does seb like to check his own stuff off of your list he does not i okay. get the privilege care. of checking off for him. <laughs> also <laughs> In my brain, I think I've decided that, like, this is dumb. But sometimes I feel like when I 
write a little list of like things that I would like Seb to get done soon. It like magically makes it happen. Like he's like, Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah, let's do it. And I didn't even have to ask. So I love that. You know, probably in my head, but it's fine. Makes it fun for me. Well, can you tell us about a time when you felt valued and appreciated by your partner for all the contributions you make at home? Absolutely. Um, and last night, actually, whenever we were kind of watching the documentary and Taylor was like getting dinner together while I was watching it and our, our apartment's not big. So he was listening to it. Um, and you know, like 20 or 30 minutes in when it starts giving you all the stats about like how much women take on and those stats were crazy. (laughs) They were insane. He was like, Hey, um, I just want you to know. (laughs) I love you so much. (laughs) I love you so much. And I really appreciate everything that you do. Like, we're so lucky to have you and like all this stuff. It was funny, but I would say there have been a lot of times when I work at Madewell. And then when I come back from being there, Taylor will have like done a bunch of laundry or the apartment will look really good and nice and clean because it's, it's really hard for me to come home from a job where a huge portion of it is to tidy mm-hmm. and then come back. And if our apartment is not tidy, it's really hard for me to just like sit down and relax. Yeah. Cause you're probably um, still in that tidy mode and totally. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, I, why is our apartment such a mess? I can't, I can't like chill out because everything's messy and it's making me feel stressed. Mm-hmm. And so him doing that for me is like a, that's really nice area where yeah it makes me it's like oh he values that like i just went and worked and he values that my time when i come home is not gonna want to be spent like cleaning so that's an act of service i like that big act love active services um i think too like we do appreciations at night um and so and a lot of those come from like oh like things that we did for the other that day and a lot of them are like oh you like did the laundry or you put the dishes away or whatever that type of stuff yeah for us i think i think this is directly correlated to the fact that we're both generators in human design because like mm-hmm. satisfaction is is really important to both of us and mm-hmm. also i know that seb really likes to be witnessed like he likes somebody to witness what he's done Um, Mm -hmm. so sometimes if he finishes a project or a task, he'll be like, can you come see this? And I'm always like, yes, because this is like, this is like the last step in your process is me coming to look at it and telling you that you did a good job. So I feel like we are very good about like every time something's finished, there is always a good job. Like, thank you for doing that. Yeah. Um, and just, I think that I, because Seb is so good at just doing things and like never needing credit really or like needing me to I don't know fawn over him about it or anything (laughs) I am just really grateful so I I do make a concerted effort to say thank you when he does even just Mm -hmm. like normal stuff like cooking dinner like thank you for feeding me I appreciate it and it really is like those just like little acknowledgements that they make a big difference huge yes 100% like I don't need Um, you to like do some big romantic date night as a thank you for anything. Like I just appreciate the good job at the end of it. 
Right. It's just like the acknowledgement of like, Hey, I did this thing that is going to either benefits you or benefits us or benefits our household. And it's mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. Okay. I also want to hear about like pregnancy mental load, because I feel like this is something that I have no idea about and something that you are learning yeah. as you're pregnant. Yes. For real. Seb and I talked about this when we watched the documentary because I knew, like I had already identified that it was something that was happening but like he and I had not discussed it. Well, and mm-hmm. also I think the fair play documentary made me realize that like so much of your, your household management changes. And like, in my opinion, probably gets way harder when you have kids, like kids make up a huge portion of what household management ends up being for a family. Totally. totally. Um, but the pregnancy specific part of it, I was like, holy cow, I'm doing so much, especially mentally, to prepare for this kid. And there's like, not that much I can outsource, truly. Because it truly is like, mental, emotional, and physical. Like, Mm -hmm. obviously, the first trimester was very physically taxing for me. Yeah. My emotions have been relatively tame. But like, in general, I think that's a struggle for pregnant people. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... The mental part, it's like, okay, well, I have more opinions about, like, what the nursery is going to look like. I have more opinions about, like, what types of products that I want for around the house or, like, the baby or whatever. I feel like I need to prep a birth plan and, like, that's not a place where sub can have a lot of input because it's my body. Right. Breastfeeding, I feel like, is, like, a huge – it's, like, a lot of things to learn. Like – Mm-hmm. there's a lot of things to learn about it's just labor labor in general breastfeeding i feel like the luckily for me the like maintaining a baby afterwards i feel like i'm like relatively prepared for just because okay. i've been around kids enough that i'm not too worried about that yeah um the lists of things that i want finished before the due date the like order of the, the way things need to to happen because like I don't want to order a bunch of stuff for the baby and then have it sit in the nursery before we're done with the nursery. Like things like that, all of the nesting stuff, like I cleaned out all of our closets and reorganized them. Like that's stuff that is very specific to me. And so there's just not a lot that I can outsource to him. Even just this podcast, like you and I, and unfortunately, like this has been a change that you've had to make and I appreciate you for that. But we've, we're like trying to pre-record stuff. So Mm -hmm. that when I'm out for maternity leave, like, there's still episodes that are coming out. Right. So, like, that's a whole thing that with, like, a traditional job, I feel like you don't necessarily have to do. Sure. Um, So, yeah, I feel like it's been – my mental space has been a lot different since I got pregnant. And there's not a whole lot I can do about, like, delegating that. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. (laughs) And I hadn't really thought about that, but that makes complete sense that, like – you're going through this experience for the first time and it's it's delving into so many different areas of your life and they are not things, yeah, that you can hand to other people and be like, hey, can you manage um, this physical <laughs> aspect for me? Or, hey, yeah, can, like, you, can you remind me to do my pelvic stretches because otherwise oh, right. I'm going to be in pain tomorrow and I will regret it. Right. Um, can you decide uh, what type of bottles I would like to use? Like, yeah. 
it just it's it's probably not even stuff you want to outsource like it is stuff that you want to own because it's directly impacting you but like it's not even a possibility to outsource it Mm -hmm. either yeah so and it it's the other thing too that it's hard to articulate i guess is like i can never forget that i'm pregnant like Mm -hmm. it is the filter that every thought that i have goes through like when we're talking about plans for the fall, I'm like, okay, well, how old will she be? Like, how mm-hmm. close to my due date is this? Like, those are the things that I'm thinking about. And that's like, Seb doesn't have that filter yet. Yeah. And so I wish that I could give him the filter because sometimes I'm like, okay, well, like, it's it's almost like that annoying thing with the, like, what as can a help reminder, you with? Like, we'll have a baby yeah, at I'm like, that point. I, <laughs> I feel like I'm saying that all the time now. I'm like, okay, yeah. well, we will have a child. So like, let's think about this. Um, so I just feel like so much of my mental space is taken up by pregnancy and maybe I'm not doing a good job, like managing that. That might be something I should think about, but I also feel like I wish that his brain was able to like be more pregnancy programmed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is, that's an interesting battle or whatever, like that I'm sure a lot of couples go through because yeah, like he's not experiencing being pregnant. I mean, even little stuff, like when we go out to eat, I have to think about what I can't eat. Or like when I wake up in the morning and get dressed, I have to think about what still fits me. Like those are things that you never really think about taking up mental space, but they do. Mm -hmm. Or just thinking like, how am I going to feel today? Like there's no Mm -hmm. way to like plan for that really, but which then impacts your ability to plan things. Yes, for sure. Um, Yeah. And like, you know. How long am I going to be this size? Do I need to buy bigger pants? Like thinking in advance too. I don't know. It's, it's a whole thing. It's, I'm sure if we sat down and made just like a spreadsheet, like how Eve does in the documentary, but Mm -hmm. just for pregnant people, what, what does that even look like? And I'm sure it would be like an astronomically long list that are tons of things that most people if you have not had the experience of being pregnant, like you probably wouldn't would never think, think about. Of. Yeah, we're going to the beach with Seb's family. And I am already thinking a lot about like, I probably need to pack food so that I'm not like without a snack somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, or like, what do I need to pack so that I'm comfortable? Like, you know, when we go to the lake, I take my pregnancy pillow. Am I going to take that with me when we go to the beach? Those types yeah. of things. Just like a million decisions to make. In- yeah million scenarios to consider. Yeah. And it's just different too. So I'm not used to it. It's like all Mm -hmm. new stuff. But I do think the good news is that it's probably worse the first time around. And the second time you're pregnant, it's like less hard. I agree. I feel like, yeah, you're learning. You've already got a lot of products. You know what you're doing. So. And you're learning a lot in that like with next baby, it'll be like, okay, like this worked super well. This didn't. Mm -hmm. And you can make adjustments. Yeah. My goodness. Whew. Does your brain feel overloaded right now talking about all this stuff? Um, A little bit. I feel like it made me feel a little lighter just expressing that because I think it's something yeah. that I didn't realize I was struggling with until we wrote the outline for this. Yeah. And I highly recommend for anybody else who's pregnant or thinking about becoming pregnant, write everything you ever think about down because <laughs> you will forget it. And it also, it's just really nice to have a list to refer back to when you're like feeling stressed about one particular area. Like, yes, I'm stressed about this, but also I have a list of what needs to be done to get to the end goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Well, 
my goodness, it's, I feel like my brain is like mushy now. If you <laughs> would like to email us anything um, about fair play, if you watch the documentary and you have some thoughts, if you have some suggestions on systems for me, for my mental load, would love to have them. Um, and if you have any mental load pregnancy tips for Racy, I feel pretty love sure it. that she'd love it too. Yeah. So you can email us at likeheartedpodcast at gmail.com. And be sure to follow along on Instagram at likeheartedpod. Talk to you soon. Bye.